0: Everything is sold with funnels, from cameras to courses. Funnels get results. But for a lot of people, building funnels is a soul-destroying journey of failure. This week, my guest is Connie Pack. Connie helps online entrepreneurs build funnels which get results. Now, I know what you're thinking. A lot of people say that. But I know this to be true of Connie because I know who she works for. And they told me it was true. So I had to have her on the show and spill the beans for you. Want to drive more sales online? Then buckle up and settle in. Hi there and welcome back to Amplify, the Digital Marketing Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Bob Gentle and every week I'm joined by amazing people who share what makes their business work. People like Connie. So if you're new to the show, take a second right now to subscribe so you don't miss new episodes and you can grab some of the many older shows once you're done with this one. Don't forget as well, you can join my Facebook community. Just visit amplifyme.fm forward slash insiders and you'll be taken right there. Before I go any further, Clubhouse is here. I can't ignore it any longer. You're on Clubhouse, I'm on Clubhouse, and I would like to hang out with you. So hunt me down on Clubhouse. You'll find me at Bob Gentle like everywhere else and connect with me. I'm gonna start playing with Clubhouse and you can show me how it works. So I'll see you in there. So welcome along and let's meet Connie. So this week I'm really excited to speak to Connie Pack. Connie's been recommended to me by a very good friend, Lauren Davis, who never gets things wrong. She knows people. She knows people inside out. And Connie, I'm speaking to you after having tried to launch something myself and it didn't go the way I wanted. So I'm super excited to speak to you because you help people launch things right. Connie, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks Bob, thanks for having me.
0: So for the people who don't know you, who haven't had the pleasure of being able to do a little bit of research like I have, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, where you are, and what it is you do?
1: Um, well, I am, I live in Southern California. I'm a, the next city over from Disneyland. <laughs> it's always that easy way for people to know. I am a mom. I have two young kids, eight and three. I have, um, together with my husband for a total of 20 years, but married for 13, and I am a marketing agency owner. Um, I help um, a lot of high six-figure, seven-figure clients really to have a more simpler online presence and or if they had a very solid offline presence to really create that online presence for them. So helping to, to get more um, visibility, more sales, more, more revenue through another channel.
0: So when you say business owner, all business owners are not the same. There's business owners that own McDonald's franchises and then there's business owners that run airlines and then there's the kind of people that you work with. How would you define the kind of people you work with what do they have in common
1: that is a good question so i have if i were to break it down i have three main types of customers i mainly service about 50 percent of my customers are in the personal branding space and so they are either coaches consultants trainers and they have had maybe a lot of success just through speaking, through their networks, and they really just need to get their online presence a little bit more streamlined, like I, like a, having a clear customer journey into their, their ecosystem. And then um, about 25% which I would say is e-commerce, and that comes from a little bit of my background um, in e-com. And, with e-commerce, it would be uh, businesses and brands that have done amazing in retail, like in stores, and they just don't really have an online strategy. And then the last would be um, brick and mortar businesses who are offering services, like for example, whether it's roofing, solar, or um, basement waterproofing type services, um, and helping them finding more ways to using uh, Facebook ads, and other uh, methods to get new clients and new customers into their ecosystem as well.
0: So that all kind of makes sense. And I think something that I'm finding a lot at the moment, and I think the pandemic that we're all in at the moment, if you're listening to this sort of vaguely when we're speaking, which is in December 2020, it's still 2020, isn't it? Lots of people are starting to question what they've been doing with their social media and associated output online. Something that I'm seeing a lot is people putting an awful lot of time and effort into visibility and it, they, not have, they don't have a plan for how they're going to turn that into money. And that's one of the things I look at what you're doing for your clients. You talk about simplifying everything, but a lot of the time I'm guessing it's not just about simplifying, it's about looking at where can you apply the minimum effective dose? and also tie that through to a very specific result. So I guess the question I'm working my way around to is when you encounter new clients, what are the most common frustrations that you find they have? And what's the most common driver that you feel they end up coming to you rather than going to one of the many other options that they have?
1: Mm -hmm. That's a great question. If I were to break it down to two parts, it would be Number one, analytics. A lot of clients have a few things going. They maybe have a Google person or a Facebook person doing different things, and there's just no consistency in how the analytics is done for them to know what is working, what's not working. And then two, I have this thing that I've I've kind of, I guess I've created where there's this customer journey that everyone has been aware of or I've heard of where people come in, get the free, free thing, the free offer on the front end, and they kind of work their way up the customer journey. But when I work with the new client, we sit down for a strategy session as a marketer. I, I approach it from a marketer's journey and the marketer's journey is coming in with the eyes of, well, what is the smallest action to the biggest impact? And it may not be that free thing in the front because the free the free thing you offer in the front is to the cold and they're going to take some nurturing to become a customer, a paying customer. So the, the smallest action may actually be looking at what assets you currently have and this is where some people are like, oh I don't have anything. <laughs> I'm thinking let's let's dive into that let's let's ask some questions. Do you have an email list do you have a facebook group do you have a decent following on any social media platforms whether it's linkedin instagram facebook youtube channel like do you have partners partnerships um, with complementary businesses where you guys could um, partner and work together do you have i'm trying to think if there's something else i think that's kind of the main ones on my asset list but we go through some of these things to see what do you already have? Because these are people who have gotten to know you and so then having them move up the ladder to getting to trust you is a little bit easier when you are reaching out to your warm and your hot. And and, and speaking of hot, I think another one that people overlook is that, okay, so here's my buyers list. And that's that but no well what else can we offer to your buyers list like what's the next step that they are on on their customer journey let's not stop that process and keep that going because they've already bought once if they really got value from what you had to offer they're going to want more and so make sure that that journey continues even if it's just being a part of a group, a mastermind, and have this ongoing, reoccurring thing where you have, where where you get to build a community with them. But the warm and the hot is kind of where I always kind of lean towards because as a marketer, I get hired by these businesses and their number one thing, their CFO is going to think about is what kind of ROI did Connie bring to our company? And for me, the only way I can get an ROI the fastest way possible is to approach it with this marketer's journey.
0: I really like that. I think when I look at how most people approach a client engagement, they do take a top-down process approach. And I remember probably about four or five years ago, I, I had three or four people in my agency who were working with brand new clients, and they would work a top down approach so they would look at foundational elements first and then they would look at okay we need to look at lead magnets and then they look at nurture sequences and the client's sitting there looking at his watch watching the bank balance going down thinking i want a quick win and what you're describing is there there are quick wins but a lot of people don't instinctively go there first so i really like that looking for sort of how can you execute on the the warm traffic first heat that up and deliver that early confidence to your clients, which then means they'll stick around with you for a little while to play the long game because they've got that confidence. What do you find people's biggest anxieties are when they come to you? Because a lot of people, you won't be their first rodeo necessarily. Do you know what I mean?
1: That's a great question. So when they come to me um, there's kind of a pro and con to having had worked with multiple agencies because one um, they know what didn't work and so we're able to kind of work through okay what parts of that didn't work and we kind of dissect that together and then because I think we can all say things that didn't work in our business there's always a learning part to it and so the way I would approach it and and talk to them about how it would be different is that we're not going to start new. I'm not going to tell you I've got this brand new strategy that's going to work that was completely different from what you've done in the past. I actually go back and we revisit what happened and what parts of it worked and didn't work, take away some of the things that did work and expand on that. And I think that's kind of the, the thought process with any business. We always take our failures or our you know hiccups along the way as learning experiences and I always use that as a control and then I'll bring in like for example for running Facebook ads I'll grab their old one as a control and then I would create a new creative and new copy to to, um, split test against it and so that way it's I think it's reassuring for them for them to not feel like they've just wasted thousands of dollars with other agencies but it's saying hey That was all part of the learning process and let's continue to learn from it and continue to find how we can make this work for you.
0: I think something that I'm finding particularly with the pandemic is that where previously, and when I say previously, I'm talking before January, a lot of people instinctively looked in their own neighborhoods and their own sort of physical business ecosystem for an agency. And a lot of the time that leads to simply going to the pseudo-popularist general digital agency who isn't necessarily very good at one narrow slice of things that you really need. Are you finding over the last six, seven months that, that that's starting to change in your world?
1: Yeah, and I think you're right. I, I believe people will always start locally with someone, maybe a connection that they knew. I actually did a YouTube video on this. The top Five questions you should ask when interviewing a marketing agency, <laughs> and um, I think there's a lot to what you're saying. Where you have to find the agency that has had success in your industry. That's number one. You have to find someone that is interested in what it is that you're doing. A lot of times, my clients, their target audience is 35 and older women with kids, um, and because of that, I'm able to really put myself in the customer's shoes and be able to read the copy as if I'm reading it as a potential customer, and I'm able to really give some insights as to how we should pivot or make adjustments accordingly. But if I, not to say you, I wouldn't be able to ever work with someone, but I, my preference would be this. I would be more excited and more interested in working with businesses that kind of fit my demographics and, and such. So I think those are really important key things. Another thing too is finding one that is a good fit in the sense that some agencies have grown to be so big that maybe the person you spoke to to actually sign up is not the person you speak to ever again. <laughs> yeah. And so I always will ask, one of those key questions would be, who do I get to work with and can I meet with that person? You know, And not to say that you know, other members of the team wouldn't do a great job, but it's like you would want to meet the person that's going to be very hands-on on your account. And so that would be another question for me. If I were to look for an agency, those are things that I would look for to make sure it's a good fit, that, that the care and attention will be there. Um, and that I'm not just another number on their their books.
0: So, I would like to go back to the whole the top of the funnel space, and it, within the sort of personal brand expert consultant space, that's quite easy to visualize. It's quite easy to work out in terms of sort of lead magnets, opt ins, and and the ways that you bring in audience sort of scaling up from that challenges and summits that that makes perfect sense looking across the spectrum to bricks and mortar and e-commerce that's often a lot harder so how do you take those same principles or do you take those same principles and apply those to an e-commerce or a bricks and mortar business
1: actually with um, e-commerce and brick and mortar businesses I'm actually able to go more direct to Either a lead or direct to the sale. So for the e-commerce, a very popular front end is a free plus shipping offer, and you give a very irresistible deal, and that usually is enough because a lot of people, a lot of us are at home buying things online. <laughs> when so when something pops up on Facebook, um, and you you actually needed it, uh, you you'll go try it out. On the speaker, consultants, and experts side, what I'm finding is that when you're starting from the top down, people are trying to jump directly to that opt-in, but I'm finding that if you've got the patience for it, you'll get more success if you actually warm them up with more content. First, and get have them get to know you before you even introduce your opt-in.
0: I like that. I am seeing people do that. I don't know if it's just because I pay attention. It's, there's this part of the brain, the reticular activating system. And you know when you buy a new car, suddenly you see that car everywhere? It's that part of the brain that's doing that. And I think it's being triggered for me at the moment on how people are setting up things like Facebook ads. Because I am seeing people driving traffic at content with the Facebook ads. And part of me is thinking, why are they doing that? And you've kind of just explained why that is. And I guess they'll be driving traffic to content through an ad, but then probably retargeting to an opt-in for people who have seen that content. Is that how they would be doing it?
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. So when you do the content driven and I do push for the videos for these experts because in order to become an expert in other people's eyes, they have to visually see you and hear some of the things that you have to share, your message, I'm able to run at a very low cost video view ads where it's just shown without really a push for any sort of opt-in and then I retarget anyone who's watched any part of that video, any length of that video, generally at least three seconds or longer, and um, able to then say, "Hey, well, I've got this free template that you you might be interested in based on you know the video that you just watched," and and it's interesting how the conversion on that is much stronger, and you ultimately end up spending a lot less than if you were to have gone completely cold with the opt-in.
0: So not meaning to put you on the spot and I know there's a huge amount of variation but anybody that's dabbled in Facebook ads will be very familiar with costs per click anywhere from a dollar up to two dollars as being kind of normal and I know it can go much higher than that but when you're running ads the way you've described it there what's a kind of normal good value space cost per click.
1: Yeah, so when you're doing the video views on the front end, it's actually cost per view and you're getting about 3 cents. Yeah. And if you look at how many people you've reached, and so, you know, keep in mind they may they may never take action, you know, uh, or it might take some time for them to take action, but you've reached them. They now have seen your face, they've heard your content, they've heard your message and so you're you're now planting that seed into their 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 life of oh this is so and so and they know a lot about this topic
0: yeah my my the cogs are turning and my eyes are starting to water and i think they call that tears of excitement slash joy whenever i get a great idea like this it's awesome for the listener who's probably getting bored at my self-indulgence, let, let's move off from, from that topic. Yeah, I guess what I'd really like to know is we all have lots of different kind of clients and your clients, your current clients, maybe your future clients, but your current clients are unlikely to be listening to this podcast, if I'm honest. So you can tell me, you have quite a broad spectrum of clients that you're working with at the moment and anybody in the digital space will tell you, you need to niche or niche and we're all on a journey. And we all have favorites. So what's your favorite kind of customer? The kind of customer you you wake up in the morning and think, I wish I could only work with this person.
1: So my favorite client would definitely be someone in the coaches, consulting, speaker, expert space. And my favorite would be someone who is very passionate, like someone who is not just trying to make money and they're relying on me to create these magical funnels that are going to generate revenue for the business but someone who's just really passionate about the message that they want to share and so they're out doing that on their own and I don't have to say can you please do some videos can you please create some content can you can you because what I want to really stress is that it really is an ecosystem funnels paid traffic, um, organic um, social media, like blogging even, emails, like everything works together as an ecosystem. And so my least favorite I should also mention is the ones that would say, well, from what I can see, you've only brought in this much through your paid ads based on these metrics. But keep in mind, we also send traffic to their blog posts. We send traffic to because we want people to just get to know the client. And then, of course, the tracking will only track what the last click was when they purchase. And so sometimes they won't give that credit to us kind of working together as an ecosystem. So my favorite client would be someone who really understands that it's really an ecosystem and we're working hand in hand and versus all right, Connie, I've hired you, make it happen.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I get that. I get that completely. I think when my business was predominantly agency focused, you could tell the guy who just wanted you to come and make it work. They didn't want to participate. They just wanted you to come and take away the pain. I think Gary Vaynerchuk put it best. I think Chris Tucker said something similar, but every business should be 80% whatever they do for money and 20% media company. And your job isn't to come and do that for people. Is to come and make it bigger and better and more effective, but if they're not willing to contribute, it's never going to happen.
1: Hundred percent. And I, I'm reminded about um, something I just saw on a episode of Shark Tank. One person who um, was the the inventor person, he w- was asked, "Well, what are you going to do with this investment that you receive?" And he said, "Well, I'm going to hire a sales and marketing person to help." grow sales and marketing for the company. And Mark Cuban just jumped right in and said, no, that's you. Yeah. So as a business owner, you never lose that role. You just have people to help you amplify things and and help with things like that. So I think it's very much in line with what you're sharing about Gary Vaynerchuk.
0: Yeah. So how did you get to being Connie J. Pack marketing legend? How did that happen? Because this isn't what you've always done, is it?
1: Yes, it's not. It's, it's kind of an interesting story how this has all evolved, but I also was working a W-2 job initially, like we always, like most of us have all done. Um, I was a controller. I did the accounting, HR, operations, um, and marketing for a boutique financial company. And here in Southern California, commuting to work is very taxing. <laughs> We've all seen it in
0: the movies. Yeah.
1: And I before having kids I, I said I do not want to commute and only see my kids for one hour before bedtime. And that's just not the life I want to have. So in 2010 my husband and I we both quit our jobs. He was a licensed real estate agent at the time. And we we're thinking, well we're in California, real estate's pretty hot. We're gonna go into flipping houses. And so we just jumped right into entrepreneurship. We lived this feast or famine kind of life for these couple first couple of years because we were trying to figure out We we didn't get paid until we actually bought a house Fixed it up sold it and then we'd get a paycheck and that's a pretty long (laughs) Cycle and so the idea of this whole marketer's journey really stemmed from me Experiencing as a business owner like what feast or famine feast and famine really felt like because I lived that and we decided, okay, as we're flipping houses, we really need to have some sort of more steady income coming in. So then we explored into being Amazon sellers. And so we were selling products on Amazon we'd have an Amazon store. I even created a private label product. Um, it's called Aiden's Corner. Um, if you wanna check it out, it's food scissors for your toddlers, um, ceramic food scissors, and learned uh, a lot through that experience too. And I eventually kind of cycled back where I realized in all of our businesses, I was always in charge of operations systems and marketing. What I loved about it was that marketing part, but I didn't enjoy really, you know, customer service with the scissors or even with like the Amazon store and getting the inventory and you know, all of that logistics part. So I was thinking, well, If that's the part that I like, and this is probably something that most business owners, entrepreneurs struggle with where they're juggling wearing multiple hats. Like what if I were to really grow, start an agency where I'm able to take that tech headache, the, you know, what's working in in the latest things in in marketing um, and just take that off of their plate and be able to kind of be a team member, a part of their team and really collaborate together, strategize. I love learning. I'm constantly just doing one certification after another (laughs) in this funnel and marketing space. And I love it. Like this is something that I enjoy and I'll continue to do that. Yet the business owners get to continue doing what they're doing, whichever um, products they're selling or services or creating the courses that they're coming up with and things like that. So it just became that gradual process of realization and it came a little later in life for me um i i think i regret that i hadn't started this a lot sooner but i'm like you know it's never too late to start even if it's um later than you would have wanted and i'm just at this place in my life where um, I'm about to turn 40. <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to, I, mean, I should have released my age. But,
0: but, but a, g- a gentleman would never have asked, but he's always curious.
1: <laughs> so that's why I volunteered it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm turning 40 next month and I'm I'm at this place where I just truly love what I'm doing. Like I I, I hear the struggles of everyone that's, you know, with everything that's happened with the coronavirus and how things have been and I just feel for them and I'm tr- trying to see what I can do to kind of help more people as possible so just love creating content on YouTube where people can just hear more about what it is that I talk about literally you know every day for the past you know four or five years just talking nonstop about digital marketing funnels and I just truly love what I do and I, I don't know I don't know. There are moments where I feel guilty where I'm like, okay, I feel like I shouldn't talk about how happy I am when there's so much like heartache and stuff going on. But I I don't know how else to say that.
0: And I think I think that's why people love you. And I think I totally know what you mean about feeling slightly embarrassed by how much fun your job is. I can't believe I get paid for this nonsense. And I love love doing it. Same as you. And it really shines through than the way you're speaking about it is your husband still flipping properties or has he found something else to do now
1: yes so he is flipping um houses we still have a couple of projects here where we're doing actually a ground-up development right by the dodger stadium and Mm. um through the amazon business he found a pain point where people don't like to prep and ship products and so he actually started a prep and ship company and he does that service that most people hate and like takes that off their plate. So it, it's really just finding what people just don't like to do <laughs> and, and offering that. And so he he's he's kind of a serial entrepreneur himself. Um, and so he he's still doing things like that.
0: I love it. He's selling painkillers and everybody wants painkillers. Something I'm curious about in your business is it's often very interesting to understand how opportunity comes to people. I think there are some people, it tends to be larger organizations where they have a sales machine. They have people who go out, make contact with people, say, hey, do you want one of these? And people say yes or no. So outbound sales. Then there's inbound opportunity that comes through content marketing. Then there's ads, sort of people building funnels the way we talk about. But that's actually quite rare. And then there are people who build strong personal brands, either locally in their own communities or online in a bigger way, and work comes to them through that, through effectively word of mouth. How does that mix work for you?
1: I think for my agency, I feel thankful that it's pretty much been word of mouth predominantly. And then the other part would be those certifications I mentioned. So I started with the ClickFunnels Certified Partner Programme back in 2016, and with that process, I'm able to be on their website as one of their certified partners. More recently, I finished the Funnel Gorgeous certification program with Julie Stolian, and, um, and it'll, it'll be the same thing where I'll be listed there. And I've, I've gravitated towards um, certifications and people that I really aligned with their message and how they teach marketing because what's interesting is that I will be on these um, prospect calls with people and um, we will all be aligned because they either have been following Russell Brunson for a while or they've been following Julie Solian for a while and and so we are all on the same page as to how the marketing should work and it just becomes really easy to just get, move past the, okay, let me educate you on what, what, this, what this process is uh, to, okay, let's get into what your assets are and figure out what is your smallest action to the biggest impact.
0: I love it. And I think what's nice about you is I know I'm not the only one who loves it. I I think a lot of people are very jaded and a little bit cynical about marketing because they've been bitten quite often. They pay for marketing and they don't see that ROI. And I know some of the people you're working for, And it's rare to hear such consistently good feedback, which is why I was so keen to have you on the show and find out what's going on under the bonnet there. Connie, you have been an awesome guest. I'm looking at the time, and I know you have an appointment soon, so I don't want to keep you too much longer. But if anybody's listening thinking, that Connie, I need to speak to her, how would you like them to get in touch with you?
1: Um, Well, they can go to my website, ConnieJPack.com, and actually just go ahead and book a call through that that site or definitely would love if anyone is interested in following me on my youtube channel which is also connie, connie j pack um yeah I, i'd love to connect and and help however i can
0: well i'll put links to both of those in the show notes and you also mentioned that you have a resource on your website that you're far too modest to promote connie tell me about that
1: uh yes uh, thanks for reminding me um I do have um, a, a gift that I would love um, to offer as well. If anyone here is working on, whether it's your first funnel or even your hundredth funnel, I do this exact three steps before I launch any funnel for any client. It doesn't matter if they haven't made a single dollar to their already a seven figure business. This is the like thought process that I go through. and. I've put together a editable funnel ladder, um, a blueprint, a funnel blueprint, as well as an um, opt-in mock-up that you, you can have through Canva. So as long as you have a free Canva account, you'll be able to download it in, right into your account and edit it to be your own custom version. And I like to have clarity in where, what the direction of the funnel is doing, where it's gonna take people to next, what the layout of the blueprint like with when it comes to the blueprint I always say maybe it's my real estate background like you wouldn't build a house without a blueprint why would you build a business without a funnel blueprint and so I always create a funnel blueprint to make note of where the emails are gone like where the tracking is what platforms you're using and how you're going to run traffic and just everything is just laid out in advance and talked about and another thing is I, I use that to talk to my clients to show them visually Here's what we're doing. So there's no mistake or misunderstanding of what it is that we're achieving here And that's just been amazing tool for for myself I, I know all my clients have seemed to really like it and that's my free gift for everyone listening here today
0: Well, you showed it to me earlier and I am excited to get it. So as soon as as soon as I get that link I'm all over that. And anybody listening, you need it. Connie, you have been an awesome guest. I need to ask you one more question. And that's, what's one thing you do now that you wish had started five years ago?
1: Oh, that's a really good question. So I have always been a super shy, quiet girl. (laughs) my teachers in elementary school would always write on the report card. It would be great if she spoke up a little bit more and asked questions or it'd be nice to be able to hear her sometimes. Like I I would always get that year after year. And I just told myself, it's okay, I'll just be the quiet girl in the background. I don't need to I don't need to push myself. But I realized that whether you're an agency, whether you're a business owner, whatever it is you're doing, putting out content is so important. So, yes, you could blog, but lately video has been so, such a hot thing these days. And what I love about video, and you would think that someone like that would have gone the route of the blog, but I chose YouTube of all things, or even a podcast it would have been an easier step, right? Yeah. But my thinking is I love face to face interaction. Like you mentioned it before, where you, this is like, sitting down, having a cup of coffee with a friend and I felt that here. And that's exactly how I love building relationships. And part of that is a face to face interaction. And so even though I don't get to see the subscribers faces, I'm thinking, well, if they get to see my face, maybe there will be a a deeper connection that could be made. And so I decided to just leap into YouTube. But I really wish I, I pushed myself earlier to learn to speak. I started going to Toastmasters, but this was maybe two years ago, so I still do the ums and the likes and, and things. So <laughs> if I had to say, Connie, 20 years ago, like, what, what should you be doing? Go out there and just learn to speak because you, you have all this information and knowledge inside. We all do inside of us. But if you can't convey that in a clear manner, like, people can't hear all this good stuff that you have to share. And so... That's what i
0: would say sorry i i know i wholeheartedly agree and i think what's so important is you can't delegate that you can't subcontract it nobody can do that for you if you do it if you do that one thing everything else will be easier so yeah i think that's so true connie you have been awesome it's been so nice to meet you hopefully i get to meet you in person at some point once all this restriction is finished i am also very introverted and would rather be sitting in an, on an island on my own, so we'd probably be friends. Uh, but thank you so much for your time, and I look forward to speaking to you again soon.
1: Thank you, thank you so much for having me, Bob.
0: Content marketing, ads, visibility they're great, but you need a working funnel process or sales process to turn that into money. Check out Connie's links in the show notes or download the traffic and conversion guide on my own website, amplifyme.agency, where I literally brain dump. Dozens of things you could try. Don't forget as well, come and hang out with me on Clubhouse. You'll find me at Bob Gentle. And before I go, just a quick reminder to subscribe. And if you haven't already joined the Facebook group, amplifyme.fm forward slash insiders. I would love for you to connect with me on Clubhouse and everywhere else you'll find me at Bob Gentle. If you enjoyed the show, then review it on iTunes. It means so much to me. And it's the best way to help me reach new subscribers. My name is Bob Gentle. Thanks again to Connie for giving us her time this week and to you for listening. And I'll see you next week.